across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. And now a word from our sponsor, Rebus University. Get a free video of rapport building and touching during the listing presentation. Yes, the right way to touch and the wrong way to touch. Discover how eight top agents from around the world get sellers to instantly like them while eliminating the competition. Go to hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com backslash Rebus, R-E-B-U-S. Okay, Rockstar Nation, boy, I have a great guest today. I got Andy Paul on the line from Zero Time Selling, and we are going to get into Basically, how to be a better salesperson. You know, I kind of get frustrated sometimes. I get an agent's card and it says counselor on it or it says advisor, you know. And at the end of the day, come on, we are salespeople. The ones that make the most money in this business are salespeople through and through. Whether you're selling on follow-up calls or whether you're selling when you're face-to-face with a buyer or seller, you need to know how to sell because that time that you're in those activities is extremely valuable time and you need to maximize and be the best uh, at what you're saying and doing during those appointments and during those phone calls. So I asked Andy to come on the show and you know give us some tips. He's an expert in this field and I'm excited to get right into it. So without further ado, Andy, Paul, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Pat. Thanks for having me. Why don't you uh, uh, give our rock star audience uh, a little bio on you, Andy, so they can get to know you better? Sure. Well, thank you. Gosh, I, I've had my own company working with you know, small companies and a variety of different types of industries since the year 2000. You know, how, to, how to get their sales, sales unstuck, excuse me. It was really sort of the focus of what I do. And, and uh, gosh, about four or five years ago, I started... Uh, writing books. People wanted to know more about some of the things I talked about, so I've published two books. First one called Zero Time Selling, a second one called Amp Up Your Sales. And all about this again, how do, how do we get unstuck? How do we get moving? How do we provide the value that, that makes us stand apart from our competition to our buyers? And uh, I have a five-day-a-week podcast on sales, and uh, you can find it all at andypaul.com. But before I started my own company, I was... Uh, Vice President of Sales for a number of, of companies in the technology field, a lot of startups in Silicon Valley and Southern California. And my specialty was was being brought into companies and helping them turn around and get started, get the momentum built, uh, you know, grow their sales quickly, and decided to take that out and apply it to a lot of other companies. Yeah, great. Well, we're going to apply it to real estate sales today. Excellent, so, excellent. What is selling? What like what when an agent is face to face, right, with a buyer or seller? What is your definition of selling? That verb. Right. That's a great question because I've searched for a long time. I thought it was a really good answer, and interesting. I came up with the the answer. 
actually, I, I found the answer. I didn't come up with it myself. Reading an interview in the Harvard Business Review with Jeff Bezos, founder and CEO of Amazon, and he had a quote in there that to me just encapsulated what sales is, what selling is better than anything else I've read. And his quote is, we don't make money when we sell things. We make money when we help customers make purchase decisions. And I thought, gosh, that, that, is, that is the right answer. Because selling is not something you do to a person. It's, not, it's something you do yeah, with somebody. Especially a house, you know. Especially I mean. a house because it's such an emotional decision for people. So it, the emotions are there whether you're selling something for business or for personal use, whether it's something huge like a house or something smaller like, like uh, you know, some personal item you might buy on an impulse. So it's sort of yeah. like guiding them into uh, signing the contract, but they already know that they want to buy it. They already want to buy it. And you're just making sure, number one, that you don't blow it, right, and talk them out of it. And number two, that you gracefully get them to, uh, you know, get what they deep down really want. So let's talk about that. How do you do that as a salesperson? Find out what your customers want. Is that, your, that was the question, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. yeah elaborate yeah, I, on them. Right. So the way that you find out is, is and it's going to sound so obvious, but it's, you'd be surprised how easily it's an offense overlooked. It's just to ask a question, but then listen to the answer. Because one of the real problems with salespeople is, yeah, we may ask a question, but we're already thinking about that next question we're going to ask. Yeah. And as a result, we're not really listening to what the customer says. Mm. And so we really have to train ourselves to, and I know this is really hard for real estate agents because you've got all these clients calling you, your phone's buzzing all the time. But believe me, if you're talking to a prospective customer, whether it's to get a listing agreement with them or to you know, close a deal on a house, if you're picking up your phone and paying attention to that or you're visibly distracted while you're talking to them, you're going to impact your ability to close that deal. Yeah. Because the customer is just not going to like it. You know, I'm spending a lot of money here. Uh, I want your full attention. It's the mm. least you should expect. And this happens, as I said, in real estate, happens in the industrial world and business-to-business sales, is you have to learn how to shut out the distractions. And so when you go into a, a meeting with a customer, turn the phone off. Yeah. Tur- not only that, turn the phone off and tell them. That you've turned it off. And ask them I, to turn I'm, theirs I'm off. I'm turning. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're kind of putting the point. And you could even say, you know, I always turn my phone off when I'm with you because I want to make sure that I'm giving you a hundred percent of my attention. You may notice some of my competitors that, you know, leave it on and are distracted, but, um, I wouldn't even say that because once you make that point, they get it because they're going to realize that no one else is turning the phone off. Right. You don't even have to, you don't have to point out the fact that their competitors aren't doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Because they're going to see the difference right away. So turn off the phone and you can, you can say it or just, you know, you can say, I'm going to turn my phone off. So you, I guess, so I've, I'm giving you a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, sometimes even you don't even have to say a thing. Just take it out and make a show of turning it off mm-hmm. and setting it down away from you, right? Yes. And then you're listening. Yeah, you know, we talk about being present and you know being mindful about what the customer is saying. Well, that's that's the way we start making that connection. That's the way we start building the rapport is by listening. We're making it all about them. And that's what people want. More than anything else, when they're buying, they want it to be about them. Mm. You know, their requirements, their needs, their objectives, what they're trying to achieve. And when you show them that you're really bored in on them, you know, you're really focused in on what they're saying, 
Oh man, it makes a huge difference. Okay, so so you're out showing houses. You've shown five houses. Each house they've taken ten minutes at, and then suddenly at the fifth house, they're there for thirty five minutes. Right, three and a half mm-hmm. times longer. Give me some questions. What are some things you could start spitting off? So this is your client, right? Correct. You're talking about yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, I mean, it's one is what you're trying to do is you're trying to get them what they're doing is they're going through that house and they're taking a mental test drive of what it's going to be like to live in that house. And so I, to me, the great questions to ask would be involved around, you know, what are, what's in your mind right now? You know, as they're walking through the, through the house, what's on your mind right now? Because mm. you want the customer to, to tell you what they're visualizing, right? What they're experiencing as they walk through the house. And then, you know, maybe the next question you ask them is, well, that's really interesting. Well, tell me some more about that. Because you want to keep them talking and verbalizing and visualizing what it would be like to live in this cool house that they suddenly decided to invest a bunch of their time in, that they hadn't invested any more time with, uh, with other houses, is get them thinking about it. Because this is a critical step that people go through in their decision-making process. It's been researched. You know, scientists know that we, when we make decisions, we go through sort of a linear process. There's a certain number of steps in it, which number of steps isn't really important, but what's important is it's sort of linear and and one of those key steps is this whole mental imagery, mental test drive, taking it out for a spin. And that is when you're going to win that deal right there. Mm. So get them, to, get them to keep thinking about that. And what you'll do then is if you say, tell me more, eventually you might surface that, that objection, right? Yeah, I'm going through this process. This is really cool. Oh, that's a problem right here. Maybe not big enough closets. Well, tell me more about that. What, you know, what is it that you need in a closet? Mm. And get them to get them to talk about it. Could you put the closet somewhere else? Whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how you're digging into it. Digging into you're it digging well, into well. it. So, but you're what you really want to do at that point in time, since they've made this additional commitment, is get them talking about it. Surface. Don't don't let the customer leave the house without you being fully aware of where they stand and mm. what their thoughts are and what they want to do next. Because, you know, real estate, more than most places, when people leave, it's hard to get them back, right? Yeah. So, so these are really, you know, non-confrontational, great questions. You're demonstrating to the customer, you're a real client, you're really focused on them, and you just want them to talk. That's great. I love that. I love that. So let's take it to the other side. Let's say you're at a listing appointment and you know that they're interviewing three agents and it's going great. I mean, you have like massive rapport, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You swear that you've got this, but at the same time, you're feeling some hesitancy. What's a, what's a great question or, or, or a series of questions that somebody could ask at this listing appointment? Well, it's sort of the similar questions we just went through, right? Is is you've made your presentation. You, what you're trying to do is, you know, people buy from people they know, like, and trust, right? The sort of a known equation that, that lots of experts talk about. And I, I think it's really true. So when you think about it, when you're there with this listing appointment, you know, have you touched and you know, ticked those boxes off, the know, like, and trust? And so part of it is, is you know, sort of skip if you can, the real presentation part, right? You don't want to go a heavy presentation about what you're going to do and so on. As you, again, you want to question, as you know, all right, you're thinking about listing this house, so you know, ask the question. So, you know, what's on your mind? What are your concerns about selling the house? You know, it could be some emotional attachment they have to it, something. So get them talking about 
the house and what it means to them and, and what it means to them to sell it. And then, you know, the next thing you could do is, is to get people to, to know you and to like you is you need to demonstrate some vulnerability of your own, right? You need to show that you're just not a salesperson, but you're a person there talking to them. So maybe that's the time when you relate some of your own stories that, about selling a house and what it's meant to you personally. Maybe to sell the first house you ever owned with your wife or something like that. You know, they had some emotional attachment or your kids were born in that house. Then you show some vulnerability of your own. Mm. So then what you want to do at that third step then is, is once you've told your own stories, tell a story about people you've helped in similar situations. Mm. Okay, so if this is somebody that's, this is a house they got married in, they had their kids in, they're getting ready to retire somewhere or something as well, tell a story about somebody else you've helped that also is retiring. So, you, first question, it's made it all about them. Second is you've, and so you're getting to know them. The second thing is you're going to reveal something about yourself that shows some vulnerability in the human side of you, which is, you know, helps them to get to know and like you. And then the trust comes from the validation of having worked with other people similar to them and understanding their requirements. Yeah, that's great because that, that, that was a part that I was thinking about is trust. You know, no. Okay, well, even if they don't know you, you can you could kind of dig into that a little bit. Like, um, like I always used to say, you know, if there was someone I knew in the neighborhood, do you know this person? If there was, if you saw that their son plays soccer and you knew a soccer coach in that league, do you know this person? Or always try to find out, you know, do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Because if you can make that commonality, then they're going to feel like they know you. Also, if they if they saw some of your ads or some of your, your real estate signs or whatever, they may know you. Liking is about building rapport and then trust. Yeah, that's the sticky point. So that's a, that's a harder one. So I'm glad you brought that up. Well, I think that, that your talk there about, you know, who do you know in common? You, know, you have to presume if you're going to ask, if you're in that position, you're going to ask somebody, do you know a thus and such person? Maybe it's a soccer connection with the kids or something in the neighborhood. You have to assume they're going to pick up the phone and call them, or they're going to run into them at the, you know, either back in the car or driving out of the neighborhood, and they're going to stop and roll down the window and say, "Hey, you know, I was just talking to Pat. Do you know Pat? Because we're thinking of doing business with him and selling our house." So when you you really got to be careful, is you know, when you reference those names, do it in such a way that you're mindful of the fact that they could be a reference. So that becomes part of the trust equation mm, there, yeah, not just I the no, that. but the trust. I love that. I love that. So, so you recently uh, gave a speech to a whole bunch of agents at Prudential Real Estate, and you were talking about selling with MILT, M-I-L-T. What, what is that? <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, the talk was a little while ago. but it, it, So that comes from my, my first book, Zero Times Selling, and 10 Essential Strategies That Every Company Can Use to Accelerate Their Sales. And so it's an acronym for selling with maximum impact in the least time. So maximum impact, least time, and impact is really another word for value, right? Is, is people, anytime you sell something, there's, there's this bargain that goes on between you and the, if you're the seller, and between you and the buyer, which is that the buyer is going to give you some of their time. What are you going to give them a value in return? And so mm. people always make this calculation about, hey, was this person worth my time? Did I get a return on investment on that time yeah, I just invested? Yeah, yeah and they want to come out ahead, right? They want, right. They, they, they want you know, if their time is worth you know, 
50 bucks an hour. They want more than 50 bucks of, of, of return from you. They want Well, they make an assessment. Yeah, people make this calc- mental calculation. I don't think it's oftentimes as, as finite as you know dollars per hour, but it can be. Certainly, somebody could be very aware of that if they sell their time on an hourly basis. And so if you can't help people by delivering value to them, every time you talk with them, something that helps them move at least one step further in their process of making a decision and making a choice, if you do that more than once or twice, they're going to say, well, look, you're not worth my time. I'm not going to give you any more of my time. Yeah. No, I, I think that's great. I agree. I mean, if you're a lawyer and you're making 275 an hour or 350 an hour and some schmuck makes you wait 20 minutes, I guarantee you in his head or her head, they're going to be thinking that that, you know, was right, was 80 bucks or whatever. Oh, so, yeah. I yeah. Mean, you got to think like again. that. Yeah. yeah. You're just not going to do it again. And so time is important. Everybody makes a you know, calculation about whether time is valuable. And we, we do this even if we go into a retail store and we talk to a sales clerk and they just can't help us. You know, how many times have you left the store because you're frustrated because they can't help you? Well, you're not going back to that store. You're going to buy it somewhere else. Well, the same thing would be true with any product or service you sell. Is if, if you're not giving people value for the time they invest in you, if you're not giving them the value in terms of information or asking the right questions that illuminate what they're trying to achieve, you know, the, the questions they're trying to answer or the questions they're trying to ask. You know, oftentimes in selling, one of the problems is not that you don't answer all the customer's questions, it's sometimes that you're not helping them ask the right questions of you because, you know, a lot of times people just don't know what they don't know, right? But yeah. they, have this, they have this sensation that their understanding is incomplete. And so if they have this incomplete understanding, they're not going to move forward. Hmm. So sometimes it's helping them to understand the questions they should be asking. So that's like when we had those questions, you know, tell me more. Or what's on your mind right now about this? And tell me more. Is then you're, you're getting them to talk. And then they start understanding, okay, maybe these, these questions start coming out. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. And I mean, really, the ratio of questions to statements should be what, in your opinion? <laughs> well, I've got a, a formula, sort of, so to speak, that I say. I call it the ask don't tell formula, which is that every time you think you have an opportunity to state something as a fact, ask it as a question. Every time you have the ability to make a statement, so let's make say a question. I know. Oh, I love so, it. I love it. So, so instead of saying this is the best school district, right in in the county, say so. I know you're looking for a house. I mean, how important is it for you to be in a really good school district? Mm. Well, then you've you've asked a question, it's going to open up some conversation, they're going to tell you how important it is to you. You're just, when you make it as a statement, you're just assuming it's important to them, and you're assuming that they understand the value of it, but when you have that conversation, they say, well, yeah, it's really important for us. And you say, well, that's good, because, you know, right up the block here is a school that's in the top 5% in the state and test scores, so, and they've got great after-school programs for sports or whatever, that's a different way of saying it. Because as you're just saying they're throwing facts at people, they start shutting down, they stop listening, it's just overwhelming. But when they, you engage it through them through conversation, it's going to be much more memorable to them because they ask the question. Yeah, no, 100%. And, they, and they, they, they take ownership of that. Yes. Because they're the ones, you know. They're involved in that conversation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend of mine, Michael Mayer, and, and whenever I ask him for advice, he always sends me back questions. And at first, it was very annoying. Like, like <laughs> I, I just wanted that my personality, I just want you to give me advice. I just want you to tell me what to do like a lawyer would. You know what I mean? And, but what I found is um, the more I answered his questions, the better results I got, you know? Sure. Well, the thing is with that situation, it's true with dealing with your clients, is you, 
think about yourself. You're providing a service. We talked about that stuff at the top of the show. But you are also coaching them, right? You're not directing them what to do. You're really coaching them. And so when you coach people, uh, when you you know act as an advisor, I mean, think about it. In this, I know some people don't like this example I give, but but think about it if you're talking to a, a psychologist. You, know, you have a specific issue you want to work through. A psychologist isn't going to tell you the answer. They're just going to ask you a yeah, bunch of questions yeah. for you to find out the answer. And, and that's and that's really a really helpful way to look at you know the questions that you ask your customers. Is it's much more memorable to them. It has much more impact if through your questions they come up with the answers yeah. than if you provide them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and so, do you think this is something that do you think questions and value like what what sort of value am I going to bring should be thought about in your mind before just about every phone call that a salesperson makes? Absolutely. So, and I talk about this in my second book called Amp Up Your Sales, is that and every interaction you have with a client has to have what I call a value plan. And so the value plan is what, what am I going to provide them today that, that's going to help them move at least one step closer to making a decision? And as a result of having given them that value, what steps are they going to commit to take? Mm. So you think about this as, you know, given the digital world we live in, if you're sending an email to a client, there's all this information out there that you have easy access to that I say, one of the things I talk about is, you know, never send a naked email. And a naked email is not a naked picture of you, but it's an email <laughs> without an attachment or a link to some article or some piece of information really? that you found online that never. Is- Never. I mean, like some agents, and I know this is wrong. I mean, a lot of their emails are like two words, got it, or okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're. So what's what you do wow. is you've worked in your market forever, right? You know what the concerns of your buyers are. So what if you have a little file of information that has, you know, reports from the local school district about test scores or resale values or, you know, what the local developments are in terms of, you know, retail and entertainment or whatever you think would be useful to the buyer to know? and to be able to help make their decision. And every time you communicate with them, you just attach one of these things to your email. And you say, you could say, got it. And then the next email is, hey, I attach this, attach, you're going to find a document about test scores, because we had talked about that before. You know, let me know if you have any questions, or hey, next time we meet, we'll, we'll discuss this. What you can do is you can start training the client that, wow, every time I get something from Pat, there's something of value there for me. There's something interesting. Yeah. Something that helps me make my decision. And it's so simple because you know the steps people are going to go through to make their decisions when they buy a house in your area. You've been through it. You've sold tons of homes. Well, when you do this, what you're doing is you're differentiating yourself from all the other agents out there that aren't doing it. Because I know that every time I talk with Pat, I learn something else. I want to do business with Pat. Yeah. And I noticed you said something. You said speed without content is unresponsiveness. Uh, tell me about right. that. Well, yeah. So in, when you're selling something, you the, people think about being responsive as just being fast, right? Somebody calls me. I'm gonna right. Call them. Yeah. I mean, a lot of agents have with their teams, you know, you got to respond in five minutes or you got to respond within X amount of time or you sure. lo- lose the lead. Right. But the thing is, if, if you call back and this, I don't know how often this happens in real estate, but certainly happens a lot in business, a lot in business is that person calling back can't answer the client's question. Yeah, right. They just they just want to tag the lead. They just yeah. want to say, hey, I just want to make sure, I want to let you know, we got back to you in a hurry. 
Okay, well, there's a little value in that, but the fact is you just wasted their time because you got back to them and didn't have anything to say to them. So you're much better off if it takes an extra five minutes to respond to get somebody to call back who actually knows what they're talking about or can answer the question than to immediately get back and not have an answer to it. So again, we're talking about this time equation. Yeah. So being responsive is optimizing your process. Yeah, you want people to call back in a hurry? Well, make sure the people calling back have the answers the clients have or answers to the questions the clients have. Right, right. Or don't even, don't even bother. It's considered unresponsiveness. Yeah, it I mean, makes them more frustrated, right? You're just wasting right. their time, right? Well, they called me, but again, wasting their time. Yeah, not giving them, not adding value. Exactly. Removing from their emotional bank account instead of adding to it. Oh, exactly. That's a good way to look at it too. Yeah. Uh, so, your job is, especially in a marketplace that you guys deal in as, as real estate agents, it's so competitive. You know, if you're a particular client, let's say coming into the market for the first time, and they don't know, aren't familiar with any of the realtors in the market, or so on. And, you know, they go online and they start searching. Well, everybody looks alike, right? I mean, everybody, the services they offer all look at the same. You know, the, everybody drives the, the same Mercedes or Lexus. I mean, everybody, everybody's got, you know, everybody looks the same. So how do, I, how do I make a choice between which agent to deal with? Right. Well, I, yeah. I, want to deal with I want to deal with the one who respects my time. I want to deal with the one that adds value to me all the time. I want to deal with the one who, who listens to me. Mm. Well, I can tell is listening to me that we quickly build that rapport and trust. Yeah, it's in, increasingly, and this is not true. It's true not just in real estate, but anywhere these days. You know, we have so much competition that the first level of differentiation is not based on the services you offer. It's based on you. Wow! Wow! You, the salesperson. Yeah. And that could be the same whether you're selling a house or selling a two million dollar piece of equipment to a large company. Lots of people can sell that $2 million piece of equipment. Why do they want to do business with you, you personally? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about context. You say something interesting, which is people need more than facts to make a decision. I think a lot of people think, well, I'll give them the facts, and then it's up to them. Do, do you want to list with me? Here's the facts. I sell a house an average of, right. you know, my average time on the market is 32 days. I've sold 170 houses last year, blah, 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 blah. I'm number one, I'm number one, I'm number one. And what you consider facts, and you're like, hey, no, they need more than facts. So talk about sure. that. Sure. Well, so you think about it is we have two sides of our brain, the one logical side and one the emotional side. And when people make decisions, they employ both sides of the brain. So facts certainly appeal to the logical side, but you have to give some context to the facts in order to appeal to the emotional side. And so, yeah, hey. You know, I've sold 175 homes. Well, what's what's the context of that, right? Maybe the context becomes, yeah, I specialize in people that you know have needs. You know, just like your client does, right? You know, I've had 45 people out of the 175 that you know are new to the market, looking for a starter home. You know, I specialize in that. You have to say something that that gives some context to that fact and why that's important to them. Yeah, and what that means to you is you don't say that like the old days, but you you're thinking. Let me. Explain what that means to you. Yeah, is. and so right. So I always hearken back to first sales training course I ever had, ages and ages and ages ago. And we'd go through this exercise. We had to sort of give a presentation to a do a role play. We had to give a presentation to a, a fellow peer that was a playing the client. And if we ever sort of started talking about facts without providing some context for the fact, then the rest of the room would yell, "So what?" 
right? Because facts are meaningless without context. <laughs> yeah, like I can visualize that now. So what? <laughs> yeah, it was very off-putting if you were trying to get through it, but it, it taught you very quickly is that you'd be very careful about your choice of words. And, you know, because words have real meaning <laughs> to people. So, you know, it's it's not about, you know, people, people use the term for sales is when you're just sitting there spewing out facts. They call it spray and pray, right? You're spraying out facts and praying the customer is going to grab one of them and find it important to them. <laughs> well, don't don't leave that to chance, right? Is is if you have something factual, ask it as a question first, right? But then, if you do state something factual, think about what's the context that it's important to the client, and how do I frame it in such a way that they get the bigger picture? That's, that's appealing. That's appealing to their emotion. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Why I love this. Well, listen, Andy, I'm going to put all of your information on hybendigital.com backslash Andy Paul. That's hybendigital.com backslash Andy Paul. I'm going to put links to his books. I'm going to put links to his website. I'm going to put links to his podcast. And uh, you guys, you know, at the end of the day, the better salesperson that you are, the more commission dollars you are going to earn. And what Andy has to say here is definitely some stuff. I, I mean, some great stuff. I mean, I think there was eight, eight to 10 things on here that you could easily take today and put into your presentations, put into how you interact with clients. So thank you so much, Andy, for offering so much value today. Well, Pat, thanks for having me on the show. I really enjoyed it. It's a great conversation. My pleasure. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. And now a word from our sponsor, Rebus University. Get a free video of rapport building and touching during the listing presentation. Yes, the right way to touch and the wrong way to touch. Discover how eight top agents from around the world get sellers to instantly like them while eliminating the competition. Go to hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. That's hybendigital.com backslash Rebus. R-E-B-U-S. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.